Manitobaville, the podcast, is brought to you by Rodeo Road Studios. Hang on to your hat. Hey everybody, welcome to Manitobaville, the podcast. This is Mahangel, and today we are diving into what it means to be a maximalist, what it means to have freedom, and what this all has to do with Bitcoin. for a better way to expand your small business's marketing reach? Well, now you can take off by telling your story on Manitobaville, the podcast. Give your small business a boost and take off with a professionally produced podcast interview. Sharing your story has never been easier. Introduce yourself to future clients by sharing your Manitobaville podcast experience. You can speed up client acquisition, you can onboard clients faster, and you can save time and money. The takeoff package includes a 30 to 45 minute professionally produced podcast interview, three custom host read commercials provided by you, a limited marketing campaign through Rodeo Road and Manitobaville social media, a promotional code so your clients can take advantage of special offers. And it costs only $499.99 plus GST. Terms and conditions apply. Supplies limited. Price subject to change. Visit manitobaville.ca to get started today. And email us at howdy at rodeoroadstudios.ca. And watch your small business take off. Thank you for inviting me today. Uh, my name is Shay Ritchie, and I am a Bitcoin enthusiast. And we typically go by the uh, by the term uh, maximalist, a Bitcoin maxi. Why is that maximalist? There are a lot of distractions, I would say, in the space. Just like the term crypto means a lot to a lot of people, mm-hmm. and for a maxi, there is only Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the only true decentralized currency, or we'll get into what it is after, but it's the true decentralized option. Everything else is basically like an equity. It's a stock or a share. So to me, when you say I like Ethereum or I like XRP or whatever other coin token you're using, to me, that just is like saying I like Tesla, I like Apple, I like Facebook. Right. You mm-hmm. can make money. The The stocks could be good or bad. There's, there's, it's, it's just that it's more of a stock. It's a company. It's centralized. It's got central governance, central control. And uh, it doesn't have all the neat, unique characteristics that Bitcoin has. And there are other decentralized tokens, but they're basically just copies of Bitcoin. So you have Bitcoin 2, Bitcoin 3, Bitcoin 4. Right. Okay. It's not the same thing as Bitcoin. Oh, that's stealing the it, name in a way. <laughs> Well, because you can you can copy it and then modify it, right? Okay. So it's like in in the in the previous version of decentralized finance, you know, there was gold, 
gold was kind of the idea of what was money. And then you could have silver, platinum and all these other things, but they're just not the same. Now, it doesn't mean that they're not valuable. It doesn't mean that they, you know, aren't uh, useful. It just means that, uh, in fact, you know, some some metals might have more use than uh, than gold. Mm. Iron iron is particularly useful, steel and, and, you know, silver, copper, right? But they're just not the same thing. Uh, and there's a reason why, you know, we picked gold, you know, it was very uh, practical and pragmatic. It wasn't just a, a random, it, meaningless uh, decision. And it doesn't rust. Exactly. There's, there's, there's physical properties and it's predictability and, you know, it's not too rare, but it's not common enough that it's, you know, overused or, mm-hmm. you know, you need a boat of it to buy something. It was, uh, it was like the, the original, this thing will hold its value no matter what you can melt it, recast it, make it into things, but it's still what it is. Yeah. And that property is, is common, but, uh, the fact that it doesn't deteriorate its stability, those are the, the things that I think made it, uh, more universal. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Yeah, and even in Neolithic days, you could walk around some gold, and you know, you could eat or sleep or trade or, you know, it was like Latin that it went beyond borders and it was a common language. Yeah, and you know, at some point in time, there was a salary which was based on salt, and you know, bricks are valuable, lumber is valuable, but if you had to buy a car with lumber, you know what I mean? It, it's just <laughs> yeah. There, there were there were physical characteristics of gold that made it useful. A small amount can go a long way. Yeah. So that's uh, that was what I was getting at, and okay. those characteristics were 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 maintained when uh, Bitcoin was created. Okay. I believe it was completely designed on the basis of like replacing gold, making a digital gold. Digital gold. Yeah. yeah. That's that's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. So in fact, yeah, bridging from there, I would say digital gold is better than analog gold. You know, even though gold is fairly stable, it still does lose a few atoms every, you know, several hundred years. Right. But uh, Bitcoin is the same thing, except better. If you have a, one Bitcoin, you know, there's no loss over time. There's there's zero degradation. So is Bitcoin a physical currency? Like, do you have a little wallet, like actual coin purse that has coins in it that say Bitcoin and a, and a value on it? No. And that is probably the basis for most people misunderstanding what Bitcoin is. I uh, would say that because their logo is a coin, right? Right. But th- yeah. there is no logo. There is there. The thing is that it's hard for most people to understand Bitcoin. And I would say that most people don't understand Bitcoin based and on things very... like that. So when people, when somebody mm-hmm. writes a news story and says Bitcoin and they put a picture of a coin with Bitcoin on it, people look well, at that and they say oh uh where do i get a token like uh, where do i get my bitcoin sure. token or people who think that you have to buy one bitcoin at a time and they go oh it's too expensive to buy one bitcoin i only want 500 dollars." Yeah. but the the problem is not that people who don't understand bitcoin don't understand bitcoin it's that people who typically do understand bitcoin still don't understand <laughs> it the idea that it's decentralized and what that actually means it's quite elusive. And a, a bit of my background is I used to be a gold and silver person and not paper gold and silver, but physical gold and silver. Okay. So I definitely understand that there is a need to hedge against inflation and to have something that can't be manipulated by the banking system slash government slash, you know, whoever yeah. else. 
has her fingers in that pie. Yeah, because that's a big moving thing. Like this is it is global now too. It's it's like markets and can affect things a, a half a world away. Yes, yes, certainly. Yeah. And the problem with Bitcoin is that I so I spent about a decade arguing uh, with with one of my best friends that. Bitcoin was inferior. It was not going to last. And I, I knew every argument against Bitcoin and I mm -hmm. knew every argument for gold and silver. And so what's turned me into a maxi is that I finally understood the true decentralized nature of Bitcoin. And that discussion is not a common discussion that's available online. It's it's I've listened to hundreds of discussions and podcasts and videos and all of the great speakers and in, in, in Bitcoin's corner. And very, 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 I don't think I've ever seen it actually online where they talk about what it means for Bitcoin to be truly decentralized. And the problem is that if you don't understand that, you don't understand Bitcoin because we inherently walk into the debate with the idea that it's centralized because everything that we're used to is centralized. And I would uh, liken this to uh, a fish breathing in water, right? If I told you that, when you're breathing in water, it feels like blank. It's something that's foreign to you. If you've never done it, you can't really imagine what it is like. It's it's a completely different type of concept. Yeah. And that's that's what Bitcoin is. So most people think of Bitcoin like they think of everything else. They think it's on a server, like a bank account or a, an email account or a loyalty card, right? Mm -hmm. When you when you have uh, air miles, right? Where is your account? Well, it's on a server. You swipe your card. The machine connects to your account and it, uh, you know, it links your account to the purchase and gives you some sort of reward or, or recognition, your bank account, right? It, the machine checks your bank account, your credit, and then it, it pays for the bill because it knows that you have availability or it says, nope, not enough availability. So it's checking, you know, for permission from some other third party or from, from a central yeah. database. And a government so approved bank or something. <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah. it's not government approved, but at the yeah. end of the day, everything is government approved. Yeah. So it's not, people don't think of it as government it's, approved, but that's the point is when it's turned off, then you realize, oh, the government has the ability to do that. And yeah. and the, the the most obvious example of that is like the trucker convoy when, when people, right or wrong, realized if I donate to this party, the government has the ability to shut off my banking. Yeah, they which can they did. Confiscate, they can confiscate my house. They can seize my assets. They can. Well, they you took know, that fundraising that they basically got them to shut that down. You know, right. and that was but third party. The people, even the people, just going after a person. Yeah. Right. I think it was, there was a police officer who got in trouble for donating money, and it's like, even if it's a, and 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 this goes back to the basis of free speech. Even if you're wrong, having the ability to communicate isn't a bad thing. It just means that, like, if the person's wrong, you should have a, you know, a, a, an open forum where that can be, you know, discussed. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we. Um, isolate our, our so-called enemies and we say, oh, you're wrong. You're so wrong. We don't even, you don't deserve a response. You know, that's when you have these types of, you know, terrible outcomes in, 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 in human history. So all of that aside, uh, whenever we've dealt with most of these types of technologies, right? Banking, loyalty programs, uh, emails or business type of affiliations, right? Anything you have, it's 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 somehow centralized on a server or or on a platform or on something yeah. that is controlled by by a, a third party. Having something that's decentralized is not obvious. What does that mean? And 
the the best way to explain it is just to explain basically what Bitcoin is and how it exists, because how can you have an email server that is decentralized? So what would that look like is anyone can open up an email, anyone can open up an account. Well, then how do you prevent someone from opening up your account? Right. Is mm -hmm. if if they who 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 protects the program, who makes the decisions, who runs it? So in in the case of Bitcoin, it's it's not intuitive because it's not something we're we're readily exposed to and opening up a bitcoin account is essentially picking 12 words every 12 words in the language in the english language any combination right it could be pizza cheese pepperoni mushroom onion da 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 da, da or it could be pizza 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 12 times right the essence is that 12 words equals a bitcoin wallet okay and a wallet is not a physical thing that you create every wallet that can already exist does exist so you're just borrowing one that's already available and so when you pick a bitcoin address or a wallet or what is more accurately called a key the 12 words mm -hmm. you're just saying i'm going to use these 12 words to you know associate with my 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 account and now it's like opening a bank account at a bank where you can have access to this account you can transact the only difference is it's not in your name or your identity or it's not based on your your id or your address and it's based on the 12 words and the reason for that is because if your identity is associated with your account then it's it could be subject to being sanctioned or you know, uh, a, a lack of privacy that, you know, you can't transact anonymously and you can't transact with, with people, you know, not being able to, to say or do something. So, like, so something that's that's like having cash in your pocket. Essentially. Cause even in this day and age, like giving, giving money to a charity shouldn't mean you lose your job, right? Whatever the charity is, whatever, if that's your choice and right, yeah. if you're committing a criminal act, then you should be, proven in a court of law but if you're just giving money to something right that's that's ideological crime that's like 1984 george orwell stuff right yeah so that's the whole idea is that your identity is not affiliated with your account bitcoin doesn't care and your transaction won't be won't be processed or blocked based on any irrelevant factors it's only based on whether or not you have the correct 12 words for your account and then you can transact with your account Original production from Rodier Road Studios. This episode of Manitobaville, the podcast, is sponsored by Antiquarian Objects, the legend of Manitoba, and your friends at Rodier Road Studios, marketing mavens of the digital range. Podcasts, videos, TV, digital media, marketing, analytics, and more. Visit us today at rodierroad.ca. Rodeo Road Studios. Hang on to your hat.
if your password is 12 words, then what's to prevent somebody else from also picking the same 12 words? And that's the key is that there's nothing preventing anyone from picking the same 12 words as you. And that would give them full control of your account. So at first, it seems like a bad thing, but that is not a bug, it's a feature. And how that basically works is that every combination of 12 words in a specific order is a Bitcoin wallet. And there are 4,000 potential words that are in the, the, I guess, the Bitcoin dictionary of acceptable words. So when you are picking your 12 words, you can either do it manually or with a random word generator. And it's like picking uh, an account out of a hat, right? Okay. As, a, as a physical analogy. But when somebody else, for instance, like let's say I pick an account and then you pick an account, mm-hmm. my account is not removed from the list of available accounts. It goes back into the pile. Because if we knew which accounts were taken already, then we would be able to know what those 12 words were because oh, they're no longer available. Right. So you could reverse engineer and, or know automatically, okay, these are the accounts that are already open. Right, right. But because the account isn't based on your passport, your identity, you know, or a PIN number or any other factor, it's based on those 12 words because it's completely you know, devoid of any personal identity. That means that it's available for somebody else to pick. You can't have a list of which accounts are taken. And so that isn't a problem when you understand the math that works that that's works in, in Bitcoin's favor. Essentially, how it works is there are 4000 words and there's 12 words. So that means it's 4000 times 4000 times 4000 and on to the 12th power. And the number of potential Bitcoin keys are, you know, more numerous than than the stars in the sky, more numerous than the sand and the, you know, okay. and all the beaches and oceans of the world. Uh, I've, I've heard it being something like more, there are more Bitcoin accounts than uh, atoms in the observable universe. <laughs> okay. yeah, it's a very, very, very so large number. No it's overlap like, by humans. Right. 36 digits long, if you can imagine. Mm. 36. You know? And that, that's a good encryption size too, because that's, you can't break that. Yeah, and it said like, for for a supercomputer, it would take hundreds, if not thousands, of years yeah. to, to to hack a, an account. So that is the the security, and you could you know at any point in time, things like that could be you know uh, augmented. Thirteen words, uh, 20, right. 10, 20 words. It doesn't really matter how many how many words it is. Um, it's it's pretty much hack proof, and it's never been hacked. People say Bitcoin's been hacked. It's it has truly never been hacked. People's servers if they kept it on their computer their computer can be hacked if they left their their code lying around that's how people could have got it well, that's theft that's not hacking right right so, so um yeah and, so, and so servers yeah servers can be hacked right like uh, an exchange the funny thing is I, most of those exchanges probably just hack themselves like mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to be pretty incompetent but like you know you know world-class hackers probably could get through any type of you know usual security type of measure that you know yeah. these companies were employing but in those cases it was most likely the, the <laughs> it's the, like fishing the, the or whatever them. where you give it yeah. away 
or they like they just stole the money themselves like ftx is not uh, yeah. an exception to the rule that is the problem is if you're if you buy bitcoin and you give it to us, somebody else to to control you're just going back into the same problem as central banking you're you you had gold and then instead of us keeping our gold we we left it in a central depository and then yeah. we trusted somebody else to manage it for us and surprise surprise 100 percent of the time the people we trusted to manage it you know borrowed it, let it out, sold it, you know, committed outright fraud and Ponzi schemes and all of the above. So mm. Bitcoin is offering us a chance at at fixing that. And so now that we can understand Bitcoin, you know, and I'll, I'll go through the details a little bit better now. So the 12 words is like a key or a signing authority that you have over your account. Okay. So in, in my company, I have checks. I have checks, a box of checks in the basement and mm -hmm. anyone in my company or anyone in the public can write a check, you know, from my, from, yeah. from my account. Yeah. Now, if someone cashes a check, only one person has signing authority. Mm -hmm. So then I could dispute it and they would check to make sure mm -hmm. that the check was signed by me. And if it wasn't, then the check would be returned. Right. Um, even if it wasn't, they can still return a check. You can cancel a check anytime for any reason. Yeah. Stop but, payment. Right. But the idea is that I have signing authority for my account and the bank will verify it. And they don't necessarily actively verify it. They, they certainly don't. They, they you know, people mm -hmm. have uh, deposited checks that were in error. And unless someone complains, they aren't looking at every check manually. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they do, but they're definitely not catching every error. So anyways, the, the idea behind Bitcoin is that you have signing authority for your account in Bitcoin with your 12 words. And how that works is that you can write or anyone can write a check from, from your wallet and everyone knows what every, everyone can know what every wallet has as a balance. But only one person with the correct 12 words will be able to have the signing authority. And the way that it works is that if I write a transaction, so I'm going to send $1 from my account to your account, in order for me to make that a valid transaction, it needs to be attached with a, or, or it, it has to come with a signature. And that signature is a code that's generated through an algorithm based on the 12 words. And okay. the process is that that trend, that, that code will be broadcast. So I, I'll say one, $1 from my account to your account. Mm -hmm. I'll sign the transaction and then I'll broadcast that onto the internet to this, to the, to the, the mining server. What happens is people who are running mining software have this algorithm that is going to now approve or deny my transaction so i'm going to make the transaction and then somebody else is going to verify it and they have the ability to verify whether or not i have the correct 12 words based on the, the signature that's associated and they can confirm that i had the correct 12 words without being able to figure out what my 12 words were so wow. okay imagine if, if i sign a check Everyone yeah. can see what my signature is and they could try to replicate it. Yeah. yeah. So if I, the more people who see my signature, the more people who could sign my checks, right? It, it creates a bit of a risk. Mm -hmm. So if you had to send your password with your transaction, well, then anyone reading mm -hmm. these you know, messages would say, oh, well, now I know what your password is. So I'll send some money to myself from your account. Right. And there's no honor system with Bitcoin. 
So what happens is they can they can confirm that okay, only the person with the correct twelve words would have been able to generate this code because it adds up to a certain number and it, it you know it does it a certain way. It, it somehow it I don't know all the, the the technical mechanics of it, but that that's the uh, gist of how it works is that it it verifies that you had the correct twelve words for that account. Okay, this brings up two other interesting things then that you you just mentioned is that everybody can see what everybody else has as far as what's in your wallet. They don't know it's you, but they can look and see. So they can account for every Bitcoin out there. Yeah. In fact, one of the key features with Bitcoin is that every single Bitcoin that's ever come into existence has has a track record. And you can find out every single transaction with every single that that's the whole thing is it bitcoin is often referred to as having a ledger and that ledger is the blockchain and so think of a ledger as like a like when you go to a bank mm-hmm. a bank account is basically like a, a copy of your transactions so yeah. they know how much money you have based on how much money went in and how much money went out in fact every statement you have will be this is what your deposits were here are your withdrawals this is what your balance is and it shows every transaction you know, up to date. Right. That's essentially what Bitcoin's doing. It's public, it's transparent, and it's uh, anonymous and decentralized. Not anonymous fully, but it's decentralized. Yeah. Okay. And it's not designed to be super anonymous. There are other types of things that are anonymous, but it's designed to be transparent and decentralized and trustworthy and reliable and the reason for that they've sacrificed a a smidge of an anonymity it's not associated with a name but they could figure Mm -hmm. out what your ip is where the transaction came from okay there's ways to kind of track it back because you have to do all this through a computer right essentially yeah and there's ways to, to to cover your tracks but the point is that They've sacrificed a bit of transparency in order okay. to have trustworthiness and reliability. Because their goal, because, their goal is to have a stable, worldwide, decentralized currency that works. Kind of, and I, I'll update that. It's not okay. exactly a currency, but yes, that's kind of okay. the idea. Is designed to be decentralized and stable and trustworthy, so that nobody can ever say, "Oh, look, I have a wallet with a thousand Bitcoin in it," and there's no track record. So the idea is that. Whenever you add a new page to this ledger, mm-hmm. it has to be locked in place. And what happens is if anyone tries to change one of the pages, the entire encryption is basically triggered into an alarm where it's like it doesn't it doesn't fit. Okay. So you can't go back and change anything to be like, oh, by the way, my wallet has a thousand dollars because you'd have to prove, you know, you'd have to change the entire blockchain on that. And the that's the that's that's what it means to hack bitcoin if you could go and change it so that your bank account right imagine you hack into your bank and you say oh look i'm going to add a million dollars to my bank account right that would be essentially like hacking your bank account right or hacking the bank yeah going and taking money from someone's account or going and adding money to your own because banks do that all the time Mm -hmm. right they're essentially hacking our dollar but the thing is that bitcoin cannot be hacked if you want to get bitcoin you have to get it and the only way to get it there's two ways trade it with someone else for something in the real world right typically Mm -hmm. cash or money and the other way is through running the money software
Is your podcast working for you? Or are you working for your podcast? It's not easy finding the time to turn your ideas into great content. And right now, Streamer's got more podcasts than I believe I've ever seen. But if you're different and want to stack the deck in your favor, we can get your production on track and help you to find your audience. The good folks at Rodeo Road Studios will help you particularize, synthesize, and optimize your podcast broadcast. Get your show on the road by visiting rodeoroad.ca. Rodeo Road Studios. Hang on to your hat. What are miners? <laughs> what are Bitcoin miners? What do they What do they do? Right, and it's a very obscure idea for most people, but it is very practical. Bitcoin is very practical. So the idea behind the mining is that whoever is running the software that is approving and and maintaining the security of all of the transactions, those people are the ones who get paid with Bitcoin, and that's where all Bitcoin come from. So if you run so the software, like a, is it like a job then? Like you, you say I'll be a miner, and then Bitcoin pays you? Uh, no, not not in that, but in, in a way, but not through that. It's uh, it's more like contract or commission. Okay. okay. So what happens okay. is, okay. everyone who has a transaction, they broadcast the transaction to the mining pool. So what happens is, people running the software are going to look at all of these transactions. Right. So there's a bunch of people who are waiting in the queue to have their transactions done. Mm -hmm. So I post a transaction, you post a transaction and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people can also post transactions at the same time. Okay. Now, in order to get prioritized, if you want your transaction done in a faster queue, because mm -hmm. there's a limited number of transactions on every page. So what happens is people will have a fee that they pay the miners and this is how they also get paid. So there's two different degrees. So right, the last time I did a transaction, you know, it would probably be around like five dollars, and at one point it was like pennies. Okay. So it changes over time. And to answer a question, when people say Bitcoin's a currency, no, it's not. It's not meant to be. If I have to go and buy a coffee and pay five dollar transaction fee, right? And that's not a flaw. That's also a feature. The whole point is that it's not meant to be used to buy coffee. There's other things. Like there's there's stuff called layer two, which is based on Bitcoin. That's meant for that. So there's anonymity, there's speed, there's there's efficient transactions and things like that, where it's faster and cheaper. That is not Bitcoin and it's not supposed to be. But you can use it as a way to base it. So there's a when it comes to Bitcoin, Bitcoin is more like a gold. It's a it's like a something to stabilize economies, but uh uh lightning, for instance, is built on Bitcoin. It would be like cash that has gold backing it but not based on a trust that that aside the um miners get a list of all the transactions that are pending they go and approve them and the first person basically to finish the list you know they yell bingo and then <laughs> other miners will check their work that that page will now be approved and verified and whoever got the the page done first is basically given a a an award 
Okay. So they get Bitcoin. And the way it works is Bitcoin is a copy of every transaction that's ever been done. The first page was done and was paid 50 Bitcoin to the person who did the, the mining. Every 10 minutes, they add another page to the Bitcoin ledger. 10 minutes. So every 10 minutes, there's a new batch of transactions. And whoever gets the, the page done first gets the reward. So it started off at 50 Bitcoin every 10 minutes. And then every four years, that reward is cut in half. And that's what they call the halving cycle, which is coming up this April. And okay. it's a very, very important, significant time in Bitcoin because this, the, the ongoing supply of Bitcoin in the world is cut in half, which is a very dramatic change. Now, it's less dramatic uh, from before when it went from 50 to 25, but the value of Bitcoin has gone up so significantly that the value is, is still significant, right? At, at 40,000 a coin going from, you know, mm -hmm. three to one or from... Uh, six to three. And the thing to understand about Bitcoin is that as the as the market expands and more people adopt Bitcoin, it is it is obviously going to go up in value. It has to. That's what it means when when the market expands and the market cap increases. So as more people buy Bitcoin and use it, the value goes up. And you can buy a, know that and you can buy a portion of Bitcoin. Like yeah, you can buy a one million, like up to a, I think it's one million. So so it becomes it can affordable. Be, it can be divisible. Yeah. Well, yeah, it can be whatever you want. Yeah. But the point is that as Bitcoin is used by more and more people, it ends up becoming more valuable because there's only so much to go around. Mm -hmm. There is no increase in supply of Bitcoin other than the the mining payment, which is going down. And there's a fi finite amount of Bitcoin that can ever be created. And there's the, the amount is 21 million. So the interesting thing about Bitcoin is that it is uh, very price inelastic. So what what happens is as the price goes up, less and less people join the, the market to sell. And that causes the market price to go up uh, in massive, massive spurts because the, the supply of Bitcoin is actually quite small. In fact, the other day, I think we just crossed a new record where there was less than 5% of the total Bitcoin supply available on all of the markets wow. and exchanges. So that's the, the thing about Bitcoin is that because of its physical nature that I can have self-custody in, in that in that sense, not physical nature of it, it being a tangible coin. I can have self-custody of Bitcoin without any downside, right? Whether you have a paper copy or a physical copy of Bitcoin doesn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. Gold, there's a huge difference. So yeah. because it's easy to have self-custody, the price of Bitcoin is is very volatile in both directions because a lot of people are buying it on speculation. So they tend to over leverage. And then when the market goes down, they have to, to liquidate their holdings because they get a short call. And then other people will not sell their Bitcoin for any price. And the reason for that is because it's a decentralized banking system, it is the only off ramp from from government control. Taxes become optional for you for the rest of your life. It's not illegal to owe money in taxes. It's illegal to lie about your taxes. Mm -hmm. So if you never lie and you always follow your taxes, you can just write an IOU to the government, you know, on an ongoing basis because it cannot be confiscated, uh, confiscated or seized. Now, taxes are, are, are up to your discretion. If you want to pay them, pay them. If you don't, then you don't. And there's something important in that is if people had the option of paying taxes, well, then maybe the governments wouldn't be so frivolous with our money. Maybe they would have to earn 
you know, the right to spend our money. And that's the way it should have been in the first place is they yeah. should have had more checks on it. But because we went from gold to paper, they just print <laughs> billions of dollars and we start to think that it's their money, that the government's just spending the government's own money. Yeah. Because it's not coming from us. It's coming from, you know, this IOU <laughs> that we're on the hook for, right? It's not actually coming out of, right? If we if if we had to pay taxes for all of our services where they physically took the money off of all of our paychecks, everyone's paycheck would be zero. Like we yeah. don't have enough money in the in the system to pay for all of our of our spending. Yeah. Right. We run a deficit every year. We'd have to constantly be going and taking more money from people, mm-hmm. and that would be noticeable. But if we just print money on a balance sheet and no one sees it, we just become desensitized. Oh yeah, the government just borrowed another trillion dollars. Right. It's yeah. just like oh, whatever. The yeah, and they don't even the say interest from rates who. are low. <laughs> they just right, and, and Trudeau was even known for saying that. Oh, the interest rates are so low; it doesn't matter. We can just yeah. print as much money as we want if we're helping people. Right? Yeah. There, there's a economic <laughs> slavery that's been built in. Yeah. So, in the alternative sense of that, with Bitcoin, the um, the future is that if you don't want to have the government use your taxes to influence the education system. Right. With new curriculums that you don't particularly agree with. If you don't want, you know, the government to spend money on a war that you don't uh, support mm-hmm. and you don't, you know, don't believe in, in, in financing wars, you would have that option with Bitcoin because you could basically like say, I, I, I choose not to you know, participate in that. And the ability to seize funds is is central to to our government's, you know, control over society and our banking system. And that's the, the, the off-ramp that Bitcoin provides. And the reason why that's important is I think of Bitcoin as basically a seat on a lifeboat when you're on the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Now, before, before we hit the iceberg, right, nobody cared about the lifeboat seats and the value is therefore low. Yep. Now, as some people saw it coming and some people, you know, knew that the ship had had this calamity the value of those seats became exponentially greater now during the sinking of the titanic i believe that it was you know not uncommon for people just to think oh whatever go back to your room everything is fine yeah there's been some damage but the ship was designed for this right there is definitely people who are in denial about the state of their 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 surroundings and their environment Mm -hmm. and i would say that's very similar to things in our country right now for instance some people are panicking about the government and how much control it has and what they're doing and other people are like ah whatever they would never lie to us it's totally fine (laughs) yeah and the reason why i think bitcoin is so important is now we can have a a lifeboat and Mm -hmm. so why would you buy and sell bitcoin it's like buying and selling seats on lifeboats for me when is the good time to buy bitcoin it's the same answer as when's a good time to get a seat on the lifeboat yeah. As soon as you can, if you can get one now, then you should. If you think, you know, you've got, uh, you got to run to your your room and and get your spouse or your children or family. Fine, go and do that. Right, get your other stuff in, in order. But the point is that there's an urgency now. You need to get Bitcoin as soon as you can. It's the only way that you can take anything with you. Right, we're on a sinking Titanic. I I assure you, it will sink. Mm-hmm. So as the ship starts to sink, the price is going to go up, and for other maximalists like myself, there is no price that you would liquidate all of your portfolio. Now, for instance, if someone, like if Bitcoin goes up to a million dollars of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. there are people 
most of the people who hold it right now who will never sell all of their holdings. Because what that means to sell your holdings is to go back to the old financial system. And you have to trust whatever currency you're putting it back into. That's right. And it's not just trusting it. It's being a part of the system. You're going back to being controlled by the government. Yeah, your taxes, your how you can spend it, where you can where you can spend it. Right. And what are taxes? Taxes are a limitation on your freedom. Mm. Because if I take your money, right, your money represents your freedom, your ability to go on vacation, your ability to buy a house, your ability to support people, your ability to donate to your charities. If Mm. I take your money, I'm I'm restricting your freedom. That's what taxes represent. Yeah. And that's what the system is, is it's economic slavery. The government goes and borrows money and then you have to pay it back through taxes. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, 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 t- the cruel irony is that we could pay off the entire national debt by refinancing it through our own bank. So even though we would owe the same amount of money from one day to the next, we would save our interest payments, which is significant. It's in the mm-hmm. billions of dollars a year. Yeah. We would save billions of dollars a year. But the reason why we don't is because somebody is collecting that interest and they didn't earn it. They got to create money on a piece of paper and then they get to lend it back yeah. at interest. Yeah. For what? Well, it's also crazy in the middle of the Atlantic to, to step off what you think is a perfectly serviceable ship into a little lifeboat. <laughs> and that's the, that's the point is it's like, yeah. why would I give up my beautiful room on this ship? Yeah. I paid good money for it. Yeah. You know, like I'll go after dessert. Maybe I'm going to finish my dinner. And maybe it won't right? sink. Like they they might not know it's going to sink. I exactly. Mean, yeah. Exactly. And that's a, the issue is you have a bunch of these things, but even the people that uh, my surprise is that when, when people in the freedom community are like, Oh, well, what if someone's controlling it? It's like, well then go and do your research. Like it's open source. Yeah. Right. It's not a secret. The whole point is it was designed to be transparent. It doesn't even matter who created it. It's actually irrelevant. It could have been anyone who created it and it doesn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. Right. The point is that it does what it does. Right. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter who created that gold coin. That gold coin is a gold coin. If it's an ounce of gold, you can verify that independently and it doesn't matter who created it. Right. Yeah. And, and you can do whatever you want with it after that. Because it becomes an idea. It it ceases to become any specific thing it just becomes a universal idea so yeah wow. exactly so it's a it's a very 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 big deal this is the world's first opportunity for for every country to have free and independent uh banking which means everything else every yeah. every time your freedoms were always taken taken away by government it always started with uh, central banking Right. Because that's the the system is like, look at look at the last couple of years. People who made lots of money, who were very well educated, were being paid to do something that didn't make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. There was no science backing a lot of the ideas that were being pressed. But look at the, the punishment. If you didn't follow the rules, yeah. you you would lose your job. You criticize something. OK, well, now your your license is gone. You can't mm-hmm. do that. You're not allowed to question things. Well, if you don't like that system. Well, there's the alternative. It's called Bitcoin. Yeah. So then, yeah, you might lose your job, but you, you don't have to lose anything, any assets. You take everything with you, right? And during a war, like, what else could mm-hmm. you hope for, right? If, the, if your country is, you know, under attack, either from outside or within, wouldn't it be nice to be able to, to leave and take your family with you? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the alternative. You can either start looking for a way out now, or you can wait until, you know, there's only one lifeboat left and, uh, you know, there's 10 times or 100 times or 1,000 times the number of people who are trying to get on it. 
can you imagine the the the, the cost of the seat to get on there like yeah. it, it's 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 priceless and that's what it will be for bitcoin because at no like i said before at no point in time will a maxi ever liquidate their entire portfolio they might live off of a, a certain fixed amount of bitcoin every year and they might spend more money but they certainly will never sell their bitcoin to go back into the old financial system no once you once you understand freedom you don't give it up Hey folks, just a reminder, our email is howdy at rodeoroadstudios.ca or you can use the contact form at rodeoroad.ca. You can visit us on social media, just search for the Manitobaville moniker. And we appreciate every like, share and comment that you care to make. And visit our YouTube page, Rodeo Road Studios. And when you watch that video, please hit the subscribe button. Thank you so much. And a big thank you to Shay Ritchie for talking us through the Bitcoin maximalist ethos. It's interesting, you know, unless we expand to some kind of universal other planetary, other being financial systems, this looks like the big one. The one that'll affect us the most for the rest of our lives. And uh, yeah, it's going to be funny to see how it works out for everybody. Anyway, this is uh, Mahangel signing off for this week for Manitobaville, the podcast. Look for us, subscribe, like, share, tell people, do stuff, get involved. <laughs> Go to manitobaville.ca and listen up. Manitobaville, the podcast, is a production of Rodeo Road Studios Limited. Copyright 2023.